if your main focus is to help other people and you genuinely want to see them succeed, if that's where you're at, I promise you, you'll do well in any industry. What's up, Ukramedia family? Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number one of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve our Ukramedia family with interviews from highly creative people every Tuesday and Thursday. Today's guest is my twin brother, Sergey Proknevsky. Now, our Ukramedia family is well aware of who Sergey is, but for those of you who don't know, Sergey is the founder of Ukramedia YouTube channel that generated well over 48,000 subscribers with well over 3 million views, and the channel is currently growing at the rate of around 1,200 new subscribers every month. Sergey's work has been featured on Adobe, NoFilmSchool.com, LesterBanks.com, and you've probably seen a lot of his work on Fox Sports. Sergey worked on the Super Bowl, World Series, Women's World Cup, college football, NFL, MLB, NASCAR, and a lot of other Fox Sports content. In other words, if you watched Fox Sports in the last three years, you've probably seen a lot of his work. Now, Sergey walked away from his dream job at Fox Sports as a senior motion graphics designer to pursue his childhood dream of starting his own company. Sergey, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Now, Sergey, for the last three months, you've been working from home. What was that like? Well, it's a lot different from what I expected. I mean, there's definitely pluses and minuses. I'm learning a lot about working from home. Obviously, being, you know how it is, being used to the certain way of doing things, like working for a company, you have deadlines, you have people checking up on you and pushing you, and then you have coworkers that you can kind of lean on kind of for advice and things like that. So it's nice to have that. But when you don't have anything like that, all you have is your wife and your children, and now you, since you jumped out. But yeah, it's it's diff- different environment for sure, but I'm enjoying it. I love having the kids around. I love getting to know my kids again on a deeper level. So there's a lot of uh, good things, but certainly a lot of adjustment for sure. What do you recommend to some, for someone who is uh, wanting to jump out? What's something do you recommend them doing to s- still stay in touch in the creative community? I think it's important to have someone who's, uh, I don't know, like a mentor maybe, or just not walking by yourself. Like it's good to have someone who's walking in the same path as you. Like for you and I, we've always done this stuff together. We go through different stages. So it's, it's good to have someone else kind of checking back with you like it's so dangerous in this world where we're kind of find comfort in being in front of a computer all the time because that's when we create stuff and it's so easy to just kind of get alone on stuff right and before you know it, you realize you have nobody because you kind of isolate yourself from everybody so i would say if you can have someone who's walking the same path as you just man just be a friend to that guy or girl whoever she is he is and uh just push each other because if you don't have someone that kind of pushes you it's tough i'm not gonna lie it's really tough well and i think joining an online community something like uh, our ukramedia facebook group which uh, if you're not part of it you should it's ukramedia.com slash community it's a great community to get started to get feedback especially if you work from home what i love about the community is how um obviously that's i go there a lot for questions and stuff like that i love how forgiving the community is a very very encouraging no question is a stupid question you're not bothering anybody we have people way up there and people way down there you know it's pretty diverse in a way so i kind of like that and so i ask stupid questions all the time and so that's good to have that kind of people to where they can jump in and not make you feel stupid for asking a question what have you been doing for the last three months ah uh, that's a good one <laughs> uh, obviously I've, I've been focusing on on this course on expressions and it's basically expressions and after effects i am not 
a coder. I'm not. I don't have coding background, so it's it's all new to me in, in a lot of ways. But then it's not in a lot of ways as well. So I'm kind of learning and then combining this course together, kind of like chewing up the material for people so they can watch it and avoid all those you know headaches that I had to face. So I'm kind of like taking this thing called JavaScript and expressions and kind of like making it somewhat easy for people to understand. So that's what I've been doing, and it's a lot of work. It's like writing a book. You know, it's how can I explain this in the most easiest way I can possibly do it and for someone to get it right away who's not that technically minded you know because a lot of our design like us designers we're not very technical and this nerdy English you know all these different words and stuff like the coders use it turns us off and it gets us you know in that stressful <laughs> land that I, I just turn off automatically so kind of showing something that's very technical to people that are very creative it is a challenge, man. And so that's what I've been doing, trying to somehow find ways to explain it to people. Now, you've been doing a lot of tutorials on YouTube. You've never done a course before. What's that like? Is it different uh, from YouTube tutorials? I think so. Course, uh, tutorials is easy because you can kind of be vague and you can quickly touch on things. But course, you can't just be vague. You kind of have to explain it. But in, what I do like about the course is that I can actually take someone from the beginning to the end and kind of guide them through instead of showing bits and pieces. So I enjoy that part to where I'm kind of, it's like a journey, right? You're taking somebody on and you're discovering new things together and then you arrive and you do like a big project. So I do like that, that we can do something, I don't know, more from one step to another kind of thing. I love that. What do you recommend for someone that is wanting to start their own course? What are some things that you've learned from yours? Oh, man. First of all, anyone that wants to do any kind of tutorials, it's it's funny because I'm sure people watch my stuff and they're like, dude, I can do that. It's so easy. And then everyone that I talk to that tries to do tutorials, they're like, man, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. I was talking to a friend and he was telling me how every day he records, he's a lawyer, so every day he records like a voicemail and it's like a like like 10 second voicemail or something like that. And it takes him like 10 minutes to record that thing because you just mess up and it just, I don't know, it, there's a lot of things involved. But can you imagine working on something that's three, four hours and you want to be quick, you don't want to waste people's time, you don't want to go all over the place, you want to be more, more on topic and direct. And so there's a lot of variables involved that I never... Imagine, you know, like you can't introduce one ob subject b before you introduce the other. So there's certain things you have to like worry about. You're like, oh, wait, I can't talk about this yet because they don't know about this one yet. And so it's a lot of headache. I would recommend for anyone that does it or that wants to do it, just start with writing first. Write things out and do the outline and kind of see it visually. Even just a basic, I call it like the skeleton. Once you have the skeleton, then you can attach the meat to it. And before you know it, you have something uh, of va value. But again, I don't know how what we what I have is actually good or not. We'll find out. You know, the the final test will be the the lunch when we launch the thing. We'll see how how good it'll be. When is the lunch? It's uh, April sixteenth, which is our birthday, and it's a day after. Is it the tax day or after the day after the taxes are due in the United States? I think it's the right? day, day it was, after the taxes. April fifteenth is the tax day. Fifteenth, yeah. That's great. So you you transitioned from making YouTube videos to making courses on the internet. And at the same time, you, you publish some products. Is it something that you want to continue doing as well? It uh, depends. Obviously, I'm in the business of helping people. I, I, you know that, you know, I love helping people. And, you know, I've done tutorials for how many years now? For many years. And the only reason why I'm doing premium content now, it's because I have to now. You know, I'm, I don't have a job, a nine to five job, so I kind of have to support it. And honestly, you know that better than anybody. I hate that part. Like, I hate the money aspect of it. I hate creating something. I, I would, if it was up to me, I'd give everything away. But unfortunately, you know, we have to pay bills. But the difference is now, like, now this weird guild is finishing something up and 
selling it. It's going to feel, feels weird. I just love helping people and the fact of like the money involved, it's just kind of an easy feeling, but I'm trying to get over that. So walk me through this. How did you go about even starting a YouTube channel? You had a good job. What led you to start one? So when I first got into the industry and I, I just felt like everyone, and I might be the only one that felt that way, but I felt like everyone was doing well except me. You look at any artist, man, they're just, they're putting their best work, their best tutorials, and everyone's just doing so well. And uh, anywhere you go to, you ask a question, they make you feel silly. And I just felt very alone. I felt like I was struggling big time. So it was like a dark moment in my life. And finally, I, I realized how terrible that felt. And I was like, man, I don't want anybody else to feel that way. And, you know, obviously no one's being honest about it. Everyone's showing the good side. So I decided to just create tutorials, quick tips. I didn't care for showing the whole process of how to create this special effect. I just wanted to show like basic stuff, practical stuff that you can quickly learn in like 20 minutes. You know, uh, my tips and tricks, uh, After Effects tutorials and stuff like that, just to kind of show you a lot of stuff in no time that you can just actually take and use in real life, like a practical stuff, right? Nothing that it was cool effect, but you can't really use it. You know, something that you can actually take with you. And so that was my goal is like, man, I'm just going to help people out and see if they will learn stuff quicker and speed up their workflow, which allow them to have more time to do creative stuff. And so that was my goal is just to help people because I hated it myself. I wanted something like that myself. And that, that's why we created the community thing to keep going and keep doing that. So that's probably the main focus of why I created just to kind of help people. What are some benefits of starting a YouTube channel? People don't realize how much actually goes into tutorials. Uh, good tutorials. Now, if you if you you can recreate a tutorial, and it will probably won't take you much. But if you want to do a tutorial that's worth somebody's time, you have to actually put a lot of time into it. I always say success on any level looks like a lot of hard work. So if you want to create something of value, you have to put time into it. You have to record it. You have to actually sit down and like do some research on the topic, gain some valuable stuff that you can plug into it. And then um, when you finish recording it too, you know, maybe organize it in a certain way that people can understand. And when you finish recording, I mean, I go back and I edit stuff out, try to get a lot of dead space out and just to where it flows naturally. And uh, people notice that they understand quality. And so that has been my focus is like, I want to produce something that's quick and doesn't waste people's time and they get something out of it. I didn't have anything else other than that. I didn't want to produce something that's what I guess would say like super cool and super current because that stuff ages quickly, but tips and tricks, uh, that stuff can last for many years. So you have 48,000 subscribers. You had well over 3 million views. Now let's, let's talk about money. How much do you get every month from ads? Oh man, not not much at all. What is it? I think it was like 150 bucks a month or something like that. But it's funny because people think that well, you know you have to once you get to that level, you're getting so much money from your YouTube uh, ads. Like, do you really need to charge for your services and things of that nature? Yeah. Well, not only that. I mean, I only jumped out what like uh, three months ago. But before that, I would get up at four in the morning, work, do tutorials, or come up with stuff, and then go to work at nine or be there at nine, and then come back home and then spend some time with my family. And not only that, it was a job that didn't really pay much because obviously you know that yourself the the hosting costs money the um, the mailer lights you know the the, the uh, what's it called the the, the email, email marketing email, yep that one that costs pricey. money I mean like there's a lot of variables that go into it and honestly I spend more money than but I most, made often. but most valuable is your time your time is yeah, more time, important than anything time but to me I it wasn't obviously <laughs> you can clearly tell that it wasn't about money for me for sure I was doing that for many years and not making much money I mean that YouTube money was nice to have there. It was paying for my expenses. But what I loved about it is that, I don't know, it, I, hearing emails like, hey, 
your channel helped me to get a job or your content helped me to get a promotion or now I know how to do this and because of that my family is better off or dude that alone is so much better hearing that it does something to you personally and friendships I've gained over because of the channel that you can't substitute for money yeah and the doors that it opened for you uh, with Adobe with nofilmschool.com Lester Banks and all those other you know the sources that publish your content I think that's huge yeah and and you know going in I wasn't like that wasn't my focus my focus was bring value and it's amazing when you focus on that uh, just everything else will be open for sure but i think it's when you start focusing on other things that are not so good for you like fame or whatever that might be people catch that they catch when you're trying to help somebody like it reflects that in a weird way when your focus is to serve you'll do well when your focus is to i don't know any other than that it, you'll struggle how long did it take you to get to 48,000 subscribers uh i don't know it took me Well, when we when I first started out, I did like the uh, 20 useful tricks and tips for After Effects and the funny thing is, do you remember that I misspelled useful up with two L's in there. I was late at night, just like three in the morning. I was so tired. I uh, didn't think about spelling at all and I just posted it. And then the next day, No Film School and Adobe tweets it and I mean that's when I didn't have any subscribers at all. Adobe tweets it, you know, No Film School tweets it, misspelled the, the the cover art that I created for for the tutorial. Adobe actually tweeted it and it was uh misspelled and it was embarrassing. People were commenting, they were kind of making fun of it, but it was a pretty humbling moment, but that was what helped me to get going with the channel. It generated some buzz. People, you know, overnight I, I had you know thousands of subscribers and it was great a lot of views and it kind of showed me I'm like wow there's something here you know not many people are doing these practical quick to the point tutorials and uh I realized I just need to channel in on that create more of those kind of show quick tips and the rest is history I think there's power in niching down instead of trying to cater to everyone just pick one thing that you're really good at and just creating more content for that one thing like right now you're doing a lot of uh tips quick tips and tricks in after effects and now you're niching down to uh, expressions and you're doing a lot of content on expressions there's a lot of power in that Yeah, especially with expressions of like if you're doing something that's current like graphic design, you know, graphics or certain looks, it's very subjective. It ages easily. What was cool yesterday is not all that cool tomorrow. That's honestly that's one of many reasons why I wouldn't get a tattoo, but that's off that that's not a totally another subject. But because of that, I I was kind of strategic about it. You know, I don't want to spend time creating something that's that looks good right now, but then in like in a year it would be old news. You know, I wanted to stick to something that would be current. Five years from now, and expressions honestly would. I mean, Dan L. Eberts, uh, he runs MotionScript.com. His website's probably what ten years old. Or I'm not. I'm not sure how old, but it's pretty old, and he hasn't changed it much at all. And that thing is still current today. It's still just as useful today as it was ten years ago. So I realized, like, hey, I want to do the same. I don't want to create something that will age in a, in a year from now. So that's why I focus on tips, something that uh, people can quickly pick up on. And even I mean obviously those do age, you know, they come up with new features, but for the most part they stay consistent. Let's go back to the very beginning, man. I would, you know, most people don't know your how you started the motion graphics. Walk me through that. Well, uh you and I both moved to the states and uh what is it, like 2000, we were about 12, 12 years old. 12 years old and we didn't know the language. We spoke Ukraine uh, Russian, not Ukrainian. And so naturally, you know, obviously we weren't exposed to the computers and we had like a black black and white TV in Ukraine, right? And then we moved to the United States, we were exposed to the computers, we didn't have any friends, and this guy uh, who's still a good friend of ours, uh, Mike Wolf, he gave us a computer that had some um, like Adobe products 
at the time. I think even like Flash, I think it was by Macromedia Flash and then a few other things. And we kind of just dove deep into that stuff and just started playing. We didn't understand what we were doing. We couldn't, yeah, I didn't know what Canvas was or Comp or Layer. I didn't know any of that stuff. We didn't speak English, you know, so it was all in English, but we were just pushing buttons, playing, trying. And uh, we were so amazed by that, right? Like so that we can create stuff. And not only that, we didn't speak the language. So when we'd create something, we would show it to our friends in school that we couldn't communicate because of the language barrier. But they would see our stuff and they'd be like, wow, that looks cool. And all of a sudden, it kind of like gave us a voice. We were able to express ourselves through this stuff, like the graphics. And ever since then, I just was so in love with that. And I just never gave it up. How did you get practice in After Effects? Well, After Effects was, first it was like, what, Photoshop, then Illustrator, then Premiere, and then like Flash. And I remember thinking like, I would never learn After Effects. It's just so above and beyond of what I'm capable. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to learn that thing. And looking back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was thinking that way, you know? But it's just a um, process, right? You just, you do one day, you pick it up. You one day, you open it up, you play. Then you, when you get bored, you get kind of overwhelmed. You turn it off, go do whatever you want to do, play soccer, come back when you feel uh, more motivated and do it again and learn some new stuff. When you feel overwhelmed, put it away, go somewhere else. That It's just an incremental growth. That's what people don't realize. It's like you don't learn something like right away. It takes time. It takes, you know, doing small things daily, like working out. I mean, 50 minutes a day, it doesn't seem like much, right? But over a month, over a year, it adds up. It's That's how I tackled expressions, honestly. I just would open it up daily while I was at work at Fox and uh, learn new things. And when I would feel like, oh man, this is too much. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, even, I don't understand it. I kind of get this now, but not really. And then I'm like, I'm just going to give it a break, dude. I'm, I'm done. My, my brain is fried. And then I would put it away and then come back the next day. I'm like, all right, I think I kind of get this. And then I'll keep going and going and going. But looking back, like in a week, you look back and you're like, oh my God, man, I picked up so much. Like, I already get it. And even doing this course, I would say, like, I had the outline. I probably knew maybe, like, 60% of the course and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I've learned so much. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I did the course, just so I can learn even more. So, yeah, Dis that's what I Discipline got. is very important. I think it's important to just pick one thing and run with it and get really, really, really good at it instead of trying to chase after, you know, the shiny object syndrome. I think that's something that was the key to your success because I watched you growing up and I was kind of the guy who kind of jumped from one thing to another, started in videography, then jumped in graphic design and web design, web development. But you kind of picked up one thing, After Effects, and you got really good over a long period of time, just like you said, little by little. And I think where people struggle, they're trying to figure out where they can get experience and something that I talked to uh, someone I interviewed for the podcast. And there's so many different areas you can get into to get experience. You can go to your local church or I don't know, and Boy Scouts or whatever, because we were in Boy Scouts for quite some time and uh, we worked at a summer camp and you did a lot of videos for like campfires and stuff like that. At churches, for example, you can, uh, you have access to some of the best equipment in the world at your fingertips and they will give it to you. They, they're looking for free help. And a lot of times they hire within. So once you get in the church or some organization, you start volunteering your time, giving your time, you're getting better and better. And then you already know their system. So they, they feel like they don't have to get somebody and train them from scratch. And uh, then they'll end up hiring you. I've seen that happen over and over. What are your thoughts? Well, not only not only that, um, like it's a like nonprofit organization, like a church or anything to where people are just want, want any help that they can get. A lot of times you're exposed to some awesome networking. A uh, person that's running the board at the whatever local church could be 
uh, emotion graphics guy at Fox Sports. You don't know that. I'm just saying it's it's uh, a lot of exposure to many people, or he might know someone that knows somebody that knows. Uh, I mean, networking is huge. You'd be surprised how small this industry is. I mean, someone knows somebody if you're in that circle. So yeah, I agree with you. I tell you something else that most people don't take advantage of: listening to podcasts, other podcasts. Like I listen to a, lot, a bunch of other podcasts, like Entrepreneur on Fire and all those other ones. But I think it's important to also reach out to those people that are on. A, if you're listening to an episode and that person, the guest that's on the show, really you feel like this is the guy you want to learn from, you want to get to know more. Write to him. Like I wrote to this one guy, and he responded, and then we had a good conversation. Then we, he called me. We spoke on the phone. Another thing I do, I go on websites because I'm a I do some web design work and I just uh, go through the website and I find 10 ways how to improve that website and then just email it to them. And who doesn't like when somebody like I think people reached out to us before it's like, hey, Sergey, you should do it this way. And then if somebody took the time, let's say they came up with like 10 ideas how to improve something that you're doing and you save them a lot of time, they'll reach out, reach out back to you. A lot of times they'll hire you. And that's what happened to me. They ended up hiring me. I usually do it to people that I follow already and I've heard their or read their content for such a long time. And there are certain things that I didn't like about it. I just wrote in to someone like, look, here are the 10 things that I, I would improve. I'm so-and-so, I'm a designer. You never know what kind of doors those kinds of conversations would open. I agree. Honestly, even like when we run our channel, hardly anyone ever contacts us or say like, hey, can you help me with whatever? Like, how can I, like, I'm here. How can I get there? I don't know. It just, to me, it, it, it amazes me how, how many people just assume that a certain person is... Uh, Untouchable. Untouchable, yeah, untouchable. You can't reach him, but you'd be surprised. Just a little effort can open up all kinds of doors. People are closer than you think, especially with the 21st century technology. Yeah, even like uh, LinkedIn, for example, I'll add somebody on LinkedIn or if someone adds me or whatever, I would just look at how many people they know that I know. This thing is, I mean, everyone's so close to each other without even realizing. I think a lot of people should definitely network up and down, especially not just like with the higher up people, but even a person that's moving at the same pace as you, like let's say you're at college or something like that, or uh, you're working for at some company and you have someone who's at the same level as you, make friends with people because in five years, this a person next to you that's sitting next to you could be a boss or who knows, or an art director or who knows. And uh, that can be your advantage. That could be your next step or whatever. I always say network up and down. Don't just go up, also go down. It's all about who knows you and who you know, it truly is. So you never know. You just never know. It's good to be plugged in into communities on Facebook. And I think there's something about that people just don't want to put themselves out there. It's uncomfortable. But man, growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And as long as you remain in that comfort zone, you won't see magic. I agree. And honestly, growth happens when you're being transparent. Uh, I think that a lot of times when you get into a new company, like everyone, this, this is something I hate about the industry personally. I feel like everyone wants to keep everything to themselves in the way. Here's what I mean by that. Hardly anyone wants to share their knowledge. It's just something they don't want to do because it's, they feel like, well, I don't want to expose knowledge to everybody, then they can be better than me. And what I found out through sharing my knowledge to other people, I've gained a lot more. It's like a s spiritual law or whatever. When you give, you you receive. You truly do. Like I remember my first tutorial, I had enough content for only one tutorial. That's all. I didn't have anything, any other plans. I didn't know what else I would create. But as soon as I gave it away, so much more came in. All of a sudden, people were like, hey, hey, try this. Boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, like, I have another video. And then next thing you know, it's another video. And it, it's amazing what happens when you give. And not just, obviously, not just 
knowledge, but your time, your money. It's just a, it's like a spiritual law. You will get it back even more than what you gave. And you get awesome feedback. Now, sometimes it's not the most pleasant feedback. I want to talk to you about the negative feedback because you have a cool way of dealing with it, man. Walk us through that. Every now, every now and then I'll get uh, a comment, something like, hey, you probably should go watch Andrew Kramer and learn how to do tutorials from him. And, <laughs> you know, that's pretty funny. And uh, definitely, a, I wouldn't say it that way probably to somebody, but I get it. But what I normally do, I take it, um, obviously, that person feels that I struggle in that area. And so to me, I take it, uh, like, I don't, I don't take it uh, personal. I really admire, first of all, the person for speaking out. Like, obviously, he said something that others wouldn't. Obviously, he said I was mumbling or something like that. And I respond to every negative comment, unless it's super bizarre, like, I hate you, you're Ukrainian, I'm Russian, and so I don't even like you. I don't even know how I can reason with that person. So I just kind of ignore it. But if it's something like a legit criticism, or even if it's almost legit, I respond, I just say, hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your honest feedback. Like, obviously, you feel strongly about this, and, you know, I'm going to take it to heart. I'm going to uh, improve on that. I really want to know that person, like, hey, man, I like that honest thing about you, even though you might have gone a different route than I would have gone, but I appreciate it, you know, and uh, I, I usually say that. Then I like the comments and I subscribe to their channel. <laughs> That's and a hilarious. lot of times uh, they would just write back and be like, hey, man, I know I, I was kind of like a, like a jerk. I, I, I didn't really mean it that way. But, you know, I, I just feel like you need to work on this. And, man, hardly ever I had like a negative feedback from it. A lot of times it was good. They w- would either stop or they would appreciate my feedback. Well, Sergey, we're almost out of time. In closing, what's something you're excited about today? I have a lot of things that I'm working on that I'm excited about, but the main one that I can think of would be the course on expressions. I can't wait to just get that out and for people to to see it and also get some feedback and also to get paid. That would be kind of nice. That's my main thing is this product. Where can people learn more about this product? They can go to euchromedia.com slash expressions and you can sign up over there. Give, give us your email. We'll keep you updated on things. But that's, yeah, that's the place where you would want to go. euchromedia.com slash expressions. I wanted to encourage everyone to sign up because we reward loyalty. Our best deals are always during the launch of any product. Make sure you go to euchromedia.com slash expressions. And Sergey, give us some advice before we uh, wrap this up. Uh, obviously, the first one or the main one would be just surround yourself with people who are better than you. And it's kind of funny to say that for someone that kind of works from home now. But I would say you would grow so much faster if you're around people who are better than you. Uh, Vlad, you remember this playing soccer growing up. We would play with people who are much better than us. But something happens when you do that. When you play with people who are better than you, you rise up to their level quickly. And it's unbelievable how quickly that happens. And if you obviously play with people who are just like you or worse than you, then you go down to that level. So yeah, I would definitely say surround yourself with people who are better than you. Well said. All right, Sergey, thank you for your time, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. All right, Ukramedia family. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my twin brother, Sergey Proknevsky. If you'd like to reach out to Sergey, his email address is sergey at ukramedia.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukramedia.com slash one. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can apply at ukramedia.com slash apply. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of Ukramedia. Media Podcast. Bye-bye.